Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Episode number 31 of the podcast. Nick McVicker, still in quarantine by myself in studio. Lots of space here. Uh, But as always, joined... Through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, how are you doing today, buddy? You know, another day, another dollar. Um, trying to survive with my own, my family being all at home at the same time for the last, who knows how long. I've kind of lost count, so. Yeah, you guys are probably killing each other right now. Uh, uh, very close to it, yeah. <laughs> and Irfan, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah, staying busy? busy. Trying to keep trying to keep busy, yeah. Well at but least Kyle, if your family ever gets in a fight, I think your mom's gonna kick all your asses. Uh yeah, yeah, she fights dirty, so <laughs> yeah, I did not deny that whatsoever. Well today we are very, very lucky to be joined through the cup phone by professional footballer, York Nine F C player Chris Manella. How are you doing, Chris? Doing good, guys. Thank you for having me. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. We know where everyone's trying to stay busy during this time, so uh, we're trying to find content, and you you happen to be willing to come on, so we appreciate it. Yeah, no, of course. I'm trying to stay busy as well, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right into our interview with Chris in our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrar brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you all they know about football. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram at canadakickingacademy. So, Chris... How are you doing with this whole pandemic being stuck inside? I think as good as everyone else, to be honest. Uh, boredom is settling in. Frustration that we're not playing is, is creeping up on me. But uh, I'm doing what I can. I know that everything that I'm doing, everyone else is in the same boat. So it's not as bad as, as it could be. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm handling pretty well. Uh, hopefully it just doesn't keep going for much longer. But looks like it's not going to let up. But um, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right as can be, I guess. Have you, uh, have you or your teammates been able to stay in touch or you know, stay in shape? Like, how do you do that and, like, how this is all going? Yeah, yeah. We, we talk pretty much every day. We have a WhatsApp group chat with, um, with all the guys. So we're always going back and forth with some banter and, you know, poking fun at guys. So that's always, that's always uh, up there every single day. And for fitness, we have a fitness plan that they've, they've given us and we got to sort of follow and maintain and check in with our uh, staff to sort of keep up with our heart rate and our kilometers and stuff like that. But the hardest thing is we don't know when this is going to end, right? We don't know if it's going to be 
uh, a week or two weeks or two months, you know, it's, it's we don't know. So that's sort of the toughest thing that the staff has to deal with, the players have to deal with. Um, it's just trying to manage our workload leading into the potential start of a season. Right, right. Yeah, and it's been it's obviously been tough, and uh, obviously you guys want to be out on the field, and that's that's mm-hmm. the best part about soccer is being out playing with your teammates, playing with your playing in front of the fans. So exactly. it's got to be tough. Um, we want to talk yeah, a little bit yeah. about your uh, your career, and obviously you came through mm-hmm. the Canadian system, and it's set up very differently than it is over in Europe. Do you think that affects the number of uh, high talent players that we're able to nourish in our country? Yeah, of course. I think it's 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 tough, right? We see the flourishment of uh, Alfonso Davies right now, Jonathan David overseas. These guys are huge name players, not only in Canada, but all over the world now. You know, they're doing it at the world stage. And I think um, the way it started, even when I was younger, around 13, 14, the system wasn't necessarily there and things were still sort of uh, being built. And my only option was really the provincial program before even TFC Academy was a thing. So everyone kind of funneled through the provincial system and then went to their clubs um, respectively. And then now it's, it's completely different, right? You have these professional environments from when you're 10 years old leading up to basically a first team. Uh, you know, you could be any age at a first team contract. So I think it, the system now is set up perfectly for guys to, to play at a high level and then move on uh, into bigger and better things because these guys out there in Europe right now are smashing the game and they're putting uh, Canada on the map for us. Yeah, speaking of the TFC Academy, like, what was your, what was your experience growing up and going through that uh, whole process? Yeah, my, my experience was great. Uh, I'm forever grateful for that. And uh, I came in at a time that it was it was new. It was a new thing. Um, people were skeptical about it because they didn't know what to expect. MLS was still uh, sort of looked at as is not. Um, a major step in someone's career you know everybody really didn't want to to go there and that wasn't someone something people aspired to do um but for me i i took the sort of leap of faith with my parents judgment as well to join the academy and i was forever grateful for that i, I made a lot of good friends the the system is very professional it even kept getting better over my years there um and obviously with the addition of the training ground later in my my academy days was was a huge step for that um yeah and i loved it i mean if, uh, if you've ever had the chance to see that or, or see the way it's run, it's, 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 it's immaculate, it's perfect, and it's exactly what a young player needs. Uh, maybe a little bit too much at times because we were given meals every day and PlayStation and you know massages and stuff. So I think that could be, uh, that could be, that could be detrimental too. But uh, for me, it's, uh, as a 17-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid, it was uh, the best thing I could have ever asked for. Um, so after you left the TFC Academy and then joined Ottawa Fury for about two seasons, what was it mm-hmm. like playing in Ottawa as a player, uh, you know, from a player perspective, I should say, and from an atmosphere perspective? Yeah, in Ottawa it was great. Um, the city was a lot slower paced than what I was used to. Um, I grew up downtown in Toronto, so I was used to sort of that lifestyle. Um, but the city was fantastic. You know, I grew it into it grew into a second home to, for me. Um, ended up really, really loving the place, loving the people around me. Um, you know, the atmosphere was good. Um, they took soccer very, very seriously. Um, they really, really wanted us to do well, which was I was really happy for. Um, and yeah, and I look at them as a second home for me now. Um, the people around the club and the fans were, were, were really supportive of me and, and even my family, which was I'm forever grateful for as well. But 
but yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I'm happy that soccer's back because it was a blow to, to see it leave for a little while, but I'm, I'm glad it's back in the nation's capital. Uh, do you think that with this new Atletico Ottawa team uh, that it will, you know, stand in Ottawa, that it will be successful in Ottawa? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ottawa is a soccer city. And I, and I truly believe that, um, you know, the, the support that we were given at the Fury was, was, was really good, like I said. And uh, I think with this uh, addition of a CPL team, a Canada cross, uh, you know, Canada competition where they can compete against cities that I know the fans don't like, um, I think it'll be good for them. I think it'll be good for them. I think the support you'll see in, on that opening match at TD Place, whenever it may be, is, is going to be a big one for them. And I think they're, they're all looking forward to it, players, fans, staff, etc. So I'm excited. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So the CPL is obviously a league by Canadians for Canadians and is meant to build the Canadian game. But what do you think the real strength so far of the league has been? Obviously, it's only one year in, but it's it's growing as it is. Um, the strength has been, I think, I think a lot of things. Um, if you see the competition level is quite high. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I, hearing about the, the CPL, I was skeptical. I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but I was just sort of interested to see what it would be like in terms of level, uh, fan base, stuff like that. And I was completely blown out of the water with, with how it was. Um, my expectations for the level of play was blown out the water completely. The fans blown out of the water. Completely. Everything about it was was amazing. So I think it's hard to pinpoint just one thing that it's doing. I think the major thing that it's helping is um, helping Canadian players grow and give them the opportunity to, to showcase what they have because right now we only really had three MLS academy systems throughout the entire country and that's tough to break into for for a lot of players and especially when you have a limited amount of numbers so i think the cpl opens up a a various amounts of doors for players even like max ferrari you know that you touch on him and and um and it just gives these players opportunities to show what they have and, and potentially move up in the ranks has it given you anything personally so far i know you're you just signed with york nine this season but Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's given me uh, an opportunity to come back home. Was uh, is the biggest thing for me is there's a soccer team back in Toronto, which I'm forever grateful for because I didn't know once I left TFC if that was going to be my last time playing professional soccer in Toronto. So the fact that I was able to come back and play professionally in my hometown was was something special for me. Uh, I'm, I love this city. If anybody really knows me, knows that I I love this city through and through, and I love being home. I'm a homebody, um, and also you know even just to work with with Jimmy and, and other coaches and see faces around the league that I'm that I'm familiar with and it's given me an opportunity to then also further my career and and, and pushing into to potential other opportunities so uh, we'll see how everything goes but I'm excited to, to finally get my first game whenever it may be in the CPL <laughs> you mentioned Jimmy um what's it been like learning from the Canadian legend prior to uh the whole shutdown no, it's, it's been great. I've actually had the chance to work with Jimmy uh, in the academy system at TFC. He, he was uh, one of my coaches um, when I was 15, 16. So I have had the opportunity to work with him before, and we got along really well. And, and he was always around the first team when I was still in the youth system. So I know Jimmy pretty well, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad to be working with him again. He knows the game really well. He, he, he definitely uh, pushes us to be our best, especially with the combination of our assistant coach, Delteri, and yeah, they work well together, and from the short little period that we were working, um, you know, it seems like it's going to be a good year, and, and it was kind of upsetting that it just came to a halt like that, but uh, like, what can you do, right? Yeah. 
Can't be bad learning from two Canadian legends, though, in Brennan and Stalteri. Uh, absolutely not, yeah. You can try to soak in everything that, that they tell you. The amount of experience between those two guys is, is crazy, so might as well learn everything you can, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything that you would like to say to all the fans that are watching and waiting for this season to sort of take off? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've gotten messages already about how people are sort of frustrated that they can't um, come out to games, but I just want them to thank them first and foremost for sticking by us. I know uh, it's not an easy time for anyone, um, you know, but we're all in this together essentially. So there's, uh, I hope that everyone is, is waiting and counting down just as we are for that kickoff. And uh, I just want to thank them for everything because I know they're still supporting us uh, personally, I know that I've been getting messages, like I said, so I just want to thank them because it's uh, it's a weird process that they have to adapt with. There's no sports on right now and all across the world, but we'll see. You'll see. I just want to thank them for, for everything and staying positive with us. That's awesome. Guys, do you have any last questions you want to ask, Chris? No, I just want to thank you for coming on and uh, talking to us and uh, giving yeah. us a little uh, insight into your personal history and obviously what you're going through right now. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I love being on. Obviously, if you if you ever need me again, call me and um, I'll be there. <laughs> Absolutely. Before you go, I got a question yeah. for you. Do you want to stay on? We're going to talk a little baseball and talk some movie madness. Uh, do you want to stay on and join us? Or? I can stay on for a bit for sure, yeah. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, that was our kickoff segment featuring the great Chris Manella. Um, and this segment is sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Follow them at Canada Kicking Academy on Instagram or visit their website, canadakickingacademy.com, for more information. So, Chris, I don't know if you follow us, which is fine, <laughs> um, but we've been doing a movie madness bracket. So we've been we okay. split movies into four different regions by sport. So we have hockey, baseball, basketball, and football as our four regions. And we are now down to the regional finals. Right now in our regional finals for the hockey, we have Miracle and Mighty Ducks. For okay. baseball, we got 42 and Moneyball. For okay. basketball, we have Coach Carter and Space Jam. And then for our football category, we have Remember the Titans versus Longest Yard. Before we get into that, what is your favorite sports movie of all time? I don't know if this is a sports movie or not. I guess it is. Happy Gilmore, I think I'd have to say. <laughs> that's a good one. It that didn't make our right. list because we didn't have golf, but that's a good one. You, you, you could, in a way, like swing it that it would be a hockey movie, technically. We could have. We could have. We didn't think about that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get That's down to our uh, let's get down to breaking down the matchups that we have. So in the hockey region, it's Miracle versus Mighty Ducks. Obviously, Miracle being the great story of the U.S. triumph over the Russians in the Olympics, going up against the family fun movie of the Mighty Ducks. Uh, Kyle, how do you see this matchup breaking down? God, this is a toss up. To be honest, <laughs> um, like I, I, th I think Miracle is the better movie, but. I think if you're talking nostalgia, like we talked last week, like it's all comes down to who actually votes. Like if it's like people our age that are voting, like it could easily go mighty ducks hundred percent. So I, I honestly, I don't know. All right. You got to pick one though. 
I'm going to go Miracle just because I think think it's the better movie, and I think hopefully people know that. All right, fair enough. Irfan? Um, Considering we're going to talk about an upset a little later on, I do think Mighty Ducks is going to win this one just because (laughs) of that nostalgia factor. Um, I mean, we're taking three of the Mighty Ducks movies and, you know, combining it to face off against Miracle. So bias is on my side, but I think Mighty Ducks has this one, even though the story and the the situation and the historical factor was – higher for Miracle. Yeah, for sure. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, all good points. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Miracle as well. I like it. It's just such a good movie. I think uh, on a movie basis it's up there, so gotta nice. be that one. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Miracle as well. Um it's such a good movie in my opinion. They did such a good job telling the story. Mighty Ducks is gonna be a tough battle though. Whoever comes out of this is a pretty strong contender for the final. Um, Irfan just loves the underdog story. It's he really does. I pick that every week. <laughs> All right. In our baseball category, we got 42 going up against Moneyball, both drama movies. So it'll be interesting to see how this one goes out. Oh, I'm doing this interview now. <laughs> it's good, Hi. No, it's okay. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> There's three podcasters that we're doing with. <laughs> Soccer stuff and movie stuff. Actually, if you want a movie buff, this is the best one you can get. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Miracle on Mighty Ducks. What's the better movie? Well, Mighty Ducks is for kids, and Miracle on Ice is the story of uh, the the Americans winning the uh, gold. Exactly. So if you had to pick one. Wow. For you guys, Miracle on Ice for sure. Okay. Here we go. See. but for kids. See? Exactly. I'm glad we all agree. All right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm telling you, that's the best opinion. That's, that's the best opinion you can get. Sorry to interrupt because this is the, the theater. So nice. You know, See? You know getting getting behind the scenes looks right now. I love it. <laughs> yeah. VIP access. Yeah, can we get that yeah. set up in your uh, basement next time, Nick, so we can get a movie night going? <laughs> We'll work on it, all right? We'll work on it. Uh, <laughs> so the winner of the hockey bracket will be going up against the winner of our baseball bracket. And as I mentioned, it's 42 versus Moneyball in the regional final. Irfan, what do you make of this matchup? Oh, both, again, very good um, movies to pick from. They're both true stories, uh, you know, a great acting in both of them. Uh, but my – and they're like – top two favorites of mine of course but i'm gonna have to go 42 i love the jackie robinson story uh i love the acting in it um i just i like i like every part of it well it's another one versus two matchup so we knew it was gonna be close uh kyle what do you got i'm just gonna keep it simple it's 42 it's moneyball is a contender but it's really not at the same time it's it's 42 all the way fair enough Mm -hmm. chris not going to lie here, guys. I have never seen 42. Wow. So, uh, All right. Well, now you have something to do in quarantine. <laughs> exactly. I'll pop it and I'll sit back here and I'll put on 42. So, you know what? I'm going to pass on that one because if I give an opinion, then I might be wrong. So, I'm going to say blank. Fair enough. You know what? We'll allow the blank. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think 42 is one of the best sports movies of all time and Moneyball is right behind it for me but I think in this matchup I have to lean 42 like it's just so well done and the storyline 
is so important to sports that it, it means so much more in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But what do I know, right? Uh, that's, a good, that's a good question. Yeah, we've been asking this for years, right, boys? <laughs> um, moving on to basketball. Another one versus two matchup. We've got three of them. Coach Carter, our number one seed going up against Space Jam, number two. Coach Carter is one of my top four, five favorite movies across all genres, so that's that has my vote. But Space Jam is like six or seven, so it's still very hard for me to say that. Um, but I, I pick Coach Carter. The movie is just so good, like, and it's a true story. It's hard. To, it's hard to really beat. Uh, Kyle, uh, I'm going upset. I'm upset. Going upset. Um, I just think Space Jam how it resonates with so many people and just it's it's a great movie it's a funny movie and it's just how it resonates with people i think it's just it's gonna get the vote over coach carter that's just that's how it works fair enough or fun same thing i think it's an upset uh, if we can call it that i think it's michael jordan's prime it's the looney tunes <laughs> it's um it's just everything that you want to see as a kid and i'm gonna go underdog and go kid movie again it's it's, it's it's LeBron versus Jordan all over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, round it out. Coach Carter or Space Jam? I'm going with the upset. I'm going with the upset yeah, okay, for sure. I, I heard I heard both of them when I was in. It was a tough decision, but the amount of times I've been Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny for Halloween has been incredible. So, you know what? I got to go Space Jam. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm alone here on my own island. I'm on my island, boys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, the winner of that matchup will face the winner of our football matchup and the only not one versus two matchup in the regional finals sees our number one seed, remember the Titans, facing off against the number six seed, longest yard. Uh, Kyle, take it away, football man. Oh, God. Um, I, I love Remember the Titans. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, just some of the quotes in there are the best. Um, but honestly, <laughs> I can, I can see longest yard upsetting purely because people love that movie. It, there's so many, like at the office, like we quote everything from, from longest yard. Like, Hold on. We, you, we quote uh, everything in that office. I would like to point that out. <laughs> yes. But, but it's, but it's like, Oh, I love little Michael. <laughs> Things, things like that we just randomly throw and I just I think I think longest yard gets the upset to be honest Irfan I think it's the same longest yard's beating Rudy it's beating we are the marshals so I mean it's not you know far-fetched to say it's gonna be we remember the Titans at any point in time and like Kyle said everyone quotes it randomly like you'll go through Twitter and someone's talking about it and you're like okay completely random but with our Twitter following, I think, um, and our Instagram following, I think uh, Long Eastern might have the edge, unfortunately. Just to give you an update, it was uh, almost unanimous that Longest Yard beat We Are Marshall. I think it only got, like, three votes for We Are Marshall, which I couldn't believe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure one of those votes were me. That's because people have never seen the movie. Like, <laughs> That might be true. Uh, Chris? Longest yard. I know I hate I hate being that guy who just agrees with everything, but hey, <laughs> longest yard. Got it. Got to give credit where credit's due. <laughs> Man, I'm going to remember the Titans, but <laughs> I'm gonna live on an island on this half of the bracket. I 
was going to say, you might need a boat to uh, get off the island soon, bud. We have extra rocks. Don't worry. In case you drown. Don't worry. We'll protect you. This is kind of upsetting. I I thought I was going to have at least one person agree with me. All right. Well, I'm taking Remember the Titans. The movie's just so good. And as Kyle said, like you you can quote lines from that movie, too. Maybe not as much as Longest Yard, but you can still quote some. Re- There's some really, really good quotes from that movie. So, left side, strong side. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting matchup. So we're gonna have votes for the hockey and baseball one. Will be Monday, Tuesday this week. Football, basketball will take place Wednesday, Thursday. They will be two day polls on Twitter. And they will be, obviously, one-day story polls on Instagram and Facebook. So please make sure you vote so that your favorite goes through. And next week, we will set up the semifinals, uh, which will be a lot of fun. I think seeing the cross-sport matchups will be interesting. But um, before we go, I want to talk about news coming from the MLB about possible division realignment, um, which is... Before you start the new topic, is it uh, is it all right if I go and uh, get my workout in? I'm gonna get some get some kilometers in and try to get this sweat on. Is that all right? Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck this season, and uh, keep right. cheering on Max and uh, Feroz in the ECPL. Absolutely, absolutely. Every single game I'll be watching. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate of course, it. Of man. Best of luck. Thanks. Yeah. Take care. Appreciate it. See ya. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. Um, let's get into this MLB topic now, as I said. Um, MLB is considering division realignment for the 2020 season so that they can play everything out of uh, Florida and Arizona like they did in like they do in spring training. So they're going to have a grapefruit league and a cactus league. Um, and basically, they've split it into three regions within Florida and Arizona, not by normal division but 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 by location so that the teams don't have to travel as much um under this the designated hitter would likely have to become universal just for one season which means the nl teams would have to figure out a way to implement a dh despite not normally doing that um the divisions right now are looking like this in the florida grapefruit league uh the north division has the yankees phillies toronto Tigers and the Pirates. Um, the South is Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles. The West, Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cardinals, Marlins. And then in the Arizona Cactus League, the Northeast Division would have the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Athletics. West Division would have Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels. And the Northwest Division would have the Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. Now, oh, all... God. what? Mariners might make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, I see one division, one team coming out of that division. <laughs> um, well, it, all de- it all depends how they do the playoffs. Like, if it's per division or if it's just best overall record. Uh, they're saying that they haven't really said, uh, but the World Series would take place between a respect respective league champions uh, in a dome stadium in November. Okay. That's that's all that was said. We're reading this. I'm reading a score article for everyone wondering. Um, and I'm just kind of putting stuff together. Um, the teams would use their uh, spring training facilities and 
the whole point is to um, they would use their spring training facilities. Teams would only play games in their respective states and with no fans in attendance. Divisions would be realigned based on proximity of ballparks for ease of travel. So I also don't mean know if that means that these teams are only playing teams within their division to alleviate some of the travel to the far points, mm-hmm. or if that just yeah. means. Or if it just means that they're playing teams in Florida and they're mostly playing against teams in their division, I'm not really sure. Um, so what do you guys think of this plan for the MLB? Um, honestly, I think it's just trying to get the season going. I know we, we touched base on it last week and the week before, but creative ways to continue the league, um, continue some sort of fan support. And I mean, baseball hasn't started yet, and this is just their way of uh, jump-starting something. Um, and it's to get the fans talking. I mean, you, you look at a division, for example, you're going to look at the Jays, Yankees, Phillies, Tigers, Padres. The Jays have a legitimate chance to make a wild card position if, you know, they go with the regular format um, in terms of playoffs. But you look at these different teams, they're playing, you know, someone different and, and they have a legitimate chance of making uh, headway. And I think it's just salivating if you're a fan. Kyle? Yeah, no, like I, 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 I completely agree. Honestly, um, my family was actually talking about this last night, and um, I could easily see the Jays finishing second in that division if that's the case. Um, yeah, either them or the Phillies, the Phillies, right? I, I don't think the Phillies are that good, to be honest. Um, Harper has been a bust. So, um, and like, but like, you think about it, if they do the traditional format. That South Division is just going to destroy each other, and there's the records are going to be either so close or just so far off that it's just crazy. The poor like Orioles, Red Sox. Yeah, like you think of the Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays. All those were playoff teams. Well, they they were all over 500. Yeah, they weren't well, all sorry, playoff. The Rays, the, the Rays weren't playoff teams, but they they, they should have pretty been. much a playoff team. <laughs> Ah, the poor yeah, Orioles in that division. The Orioles, though. who are just terrible. But, um, and then even in the other divisions, like Washington and Houston um, are great there, but, you know, the, are the Mets up there, Cardinals? I don't know. Like, it's, it, it'd be an interesting thing for sure. Um, the only division I would never watch a game in is the Northwest in Cactus League because that is just god-awful. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, Royals? No thanks. You have one team in that um, division that's half decent. That's Milwaukee. And even then, like, who knows if they're actually good or not. Yeah, it's sort of a toss-up. But, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see if this comes into play. Um, the MLB is doing creative stuff, like uh, doing a The Show Players League um, with one representative from each team sort of partaking in that. For those of yep. you who are wondering who's taking part for the Jays, Bo Bichette. And uh, the first game went yesterday, and it looks like um, Amir Garrett beat um, Blake Snell in a... I don't know. Hold on. In a controversial win? I'm trying to read this. It's sort of confusing. Oh, he suicide squeezed. Oh. He won on a suicide squeeze. That's 
that's gutty. <laughs> Palsy. Um. But. Yeah. So at least they're trying to do stuff to keep people involved, just like the CPL is, right? Like obviously, all the leagues yeah. are trying to do something. It's just hard. Um, as far as the realignment goes, I think Kyle, you're on on point with uh, the entertaining divisions. I'm also interested to see how the uh, Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels division plays out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of big bats in that division. <laughs> And could be interesting to see how they beat up on each other if that actually comes to play. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting thing, especially with this whole realignment. Just um, rivalries we didn't have before potentially could pop up. Or, you know, um, those uh, NL pitchers who normally have uh, a pitcher to pitch against now have to have a DH. So. They don't get that, you know, free out that some uh, some pitchers are, right? Obviously, there are some pitchers that destroy the baseball, right? But Bumgarner, um, yeah. But the, there's other ones that couldn't swing the bat if their life depended on it. So yeah, um, I, I, it's, it'll be interesting in that aspect because there's no there's no free outs anymore if that's the case. So no, for sure. I also I also like how the DH is universal. I mean, I know they've the league's been talking about making it universal you know, in general. So this would be a good way of kind of seeing how, how it plays out, you know, and yeah, if it works out, if it's feasible for, you know, the NL teams, like I'm sure they have the bat and the power to do it. It's just now we're actually going to see it in motion if this plan goes through. Yeah. And I mean, the DH has sort of changed over the last couple of years. It's not necessarily the guy who just hits bombs on every team. Sometimes it's a guy who just gets on base, right. Who might not have a position. Uh, regularly, he's just a good hitter. Sometimes that's what it works. So the NL teams are going to have to get creative, though, with their roster now if they have to put a DH in as opposed to having an extra guy on the bench or an extra pitcher. You now have to make sure that that guy's a DH and you can maybe drop a, an extra relief pitcher or something. Well, it's also because the, uh, the new relief rule comes into play this year too, right? So the relievers have to pitch three batters. So Yeah. Um, are they gonna play go, factor. Are they gonna run with that in terms of the new alignment league, or oh, yeah. is it? Yeah, that I, was, I would assume so. That was that was in place to start this the spring training. So. Okay, no, I was just making sure because I mean they're they're changing everything up. They might be a little lenient on it, but oh, I, I think it almost actually gets better to be honest. Because um, then I don't think they have to uh, hold as many pitchers on the roster comparatively. Yeah, exactly. Right. You have that lefty specialist you would normally have before, which would pay face one guy and be gone out of the game after that. Now that lefty specialist has to face at least three people to, you know, to get pulled out of the game. So you either take that chance um, and hope there's a lot of lefties in line, or there's some teams that might counter that and they might have a lot more batters on the bench and pinch hit, mm-hmm. you know, for a, a, a lefty guy who would be going up that. Now you can put a righty in and uh, get the better uh, of that matchup. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Irfan, did you want to say anything else on that? or? Yeah, I was just going to say, how many pitchers do we think are going to say they have a blister after the first uh, special pitcher they play? So if a lefty matchup goes up and then he's like, oh, look, I have a splinter now. I can't, or a blister. <laughs> I can't pitch anymore. So how many times are we going to see that? I'm injured. Um, I think the MLB has rules in place for that, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know for sure, so 
Um, it, it, it was on the article I was reading. It showed that there was um, Tropicana, Marlins Park, and Chase Field available as well. Yeah. So they. What would that? What would that be for though? If they wanted to use, I guess, a proper facility rather than your spring training. Trust me, the spring training uh, facilities like are ridiculous. No, I, I get that. I'm just saying maybe they want to, you know, give players the playoff experience or like that massive stadium, stadium experience. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they want to do um, – they might want to play like uh, game of the week or something in one of those stadiums, yeah. right, and do like a big broadcast. I don't know. They just – they mentioned that they are available if it's enacted. They didn't say how they would be used, right? Because, again, this is still just speculation. There's there's, yeah. there's no plan set in place. There's no plan set in motion. Just like all the leagues, they're all in this holding pattern right now. Like, every league is trying to find ways to get uh, games or events going. Uh, like, the NBA is doing that horse competition. Um, the NHL is doing a player's league sort of thing aren't they uh, i know mlb yep. is doing the players league nba is doing the 2k tournament uh the cpl obviously is doing that ecpl home to play tournaments um everyone's trying to find a way to get content out there and try to keep fans entertained during this time and it's tough and they all just want to get back to the playing facility that's what chris was saying he just wants to be back on the field playing the game that he loves and it's it's hard because yep. Right now, it's not looking like it's going to happen by end of May. Some of them are, some people are saying mid-August, which pretty much wipes out most of the MLB season. Yeah, but honestly, it's, it seems like the MLB is the one that's pushing the hardest to, to try and get their season going. Is what it seems like. Um. Yeah. I, I would agree no, to just, that. Just because just every, every day they're having meetings or there's a new thing comes out that there's potential for this or this, right? Yeah. Where like NHL, it's, eh, maybe we'll come back. Maybe we'll just skip the regular season. Eh, who knows? Well, I, I think right? every league is talking every day, though. Mm-hmm. The MLB is having stuff come out, but I think every league is talking every day. No, no, and I get that, but I'm saying, I'm saying more that the MLB is actually willing to share it with people. Oh, yeah. That they're... They're, they're having all options on the table. You know, they're actually trying to, you know, come up with unique ideas um, and actually giving some knowledge for the public. Because other than that, like, people are just like, who knows when it comes back? Yeah. But I think they also have the luxury of doing all this because they haven't started yet, right? So they're looking at what uh, the NBA is doing, what the NHL is doing, and trying to be like, okay, we can't do what they're doing. We're trying to navigate to something else, but it's also um, our main season hits, you know, when it's warmer outside. So how do we we play with that? So like, I, I think you're right. They're sharing a little bit more because they have so many different ideas to throw out. Um, yeah. But I think the other leagues are still constantly talking about trying to bring the league back. Yeah, and I know we've talked about it, agnosium, but. I don't know when any of these leagues are going to come back. I, we talked about basketball be, possibly being the first one based off numbers. I was talking with my dad about it this week. And realistically, to put a basketball game on, there's 70 people in the stadium. Yeah. That's, we counted that last week, yeah. Right? Like, that's that's the sport with the fewest people in the stadium, and that's still 70 people. Like, it, it's a bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now, he was also including, like, broadcast people and stuff like that, which, to be fair, you actually don't need anyone in the stadium 
for a broadcast if they use the uh, remote cameras? Yeah, but what, do you think they're actually going to use that, though? For a basketball game, easily. No, but would they, though? They can, yes, but would they? If the NBA says they're bringing bringing the games back and they're not going to let broadcasters in the stadium, the NBA is going to try to figure out every possible way to make sure that they have a broadcast going on. Well, yeah, if, if they say the broadcasters aren't allowed in the stadium, sure, yeah, like for sure, but... I'm just I, like, but then you yeah, look at some no, of the I other leagues. They're probably gonna, they're probably gonna look at trying to have the the least amount of people in the arena or the stadium, just so you know to be safe on that. Yeah. But then you look at some of the other leagues. Like, I mean, CPL, MLS might be able to come back next because they have the smallest rosters. Like, on a game day, you have 18 players dressed. Yeah, true. And you can't have any more. Um, and w- would you then limit like assistant coaches and stuff like that from being on the bench? Would you just have the head coach by himself then? Um, no. You would have probably a head coach, an assistant trainer, or assistant coach, a trainer, and probably the team doctor. Mm-hmm. But could these guys not have to be on the pitch? Because I know... The team doctor doesn't... Nec- uh, the team doctor... Probably wouldn't have to be on the pitch, but you'd have to be in the change room. Right. So, I mean, you can even have the assistant coach. No, the, um, the, the assistant, the, you would have to have a head coach and an assistant coach on the bench. At least one assistant coach. I would say probably even two. Because if, if you can remotely connect, can I not? Because you can not have your bench sit on the, on the, on the pitch. You can have them elsewhere in the, in the stadium so they're not in a confined seating environment and then just be like, hey, I need number 33 to run down. Um, and then they, they get walked down or whatever with the trainer. They warm up, uh, pitch side, and then... You yeah, well, I think I think the benefit for soccer is that usually, or at least most of the uh, MLS pitches, right? Like, I'm thinking TFC. Um, they, have, they have fan seating on the sidelines. So, like, realistically, you could spread your bench out all the way down the sideline. Right. So, and especially uh, as a soccer player... If you ask me to watch the game on a screen and then go warm up and try to get in that game, I would I would struggle. And I was really good at coming off the bench. I would struggle in that scenario because you don't get the atmosphere of being actually there, feeling what your teammates are yelling, like hearing all the chatter because it's through a screen, right? You can't hear the talk that's going on about, oh, we need to mark this guy. Oh, this guy's doing this, right? That's only stuff that you hear from the sideline. And I know in an MLS game, they don't necessarily hear that all the time because the fans are all yelling and yada, yada, yada. But to be down yeah. there, get the atmosphere, get the feel of the game is so important. So I would say that they spread out the benches down the sideline, mm-hmm. give everyone enough space for themselves. If one player has to go warm up, they go warm up. If two players have to go warm up, they go warm up and do it smartly, obviously, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You allow them to do that. Like I, I would not be able to come out from the warm-up room and go warm up and then go onto the pitch. It, it, I would need five minutes in that game to get settled. And five minutes in a pro game, you're getting taken yeah, advantage of, right? You can't, yeah. you can't do that. Um, when it comes to team, when it comes to sports like, I don't know, maybe basketball, it's a little bit different um, just because you get guys who are, who are sitting on the bench for, for what, the first half's what, 24 minutes? 
you get guys who are sitting on the bench for 22 minutes out of the first half and then they're on for a minute, right? Like you can sit in the back for 15 minutes and then come join the bench for five before you go in. Because the coach knows pretty much when he's putting someone in unless there's an injury. Right. Right. And you keep, you maybe keep the key players on the bench that you're going to sub in all the time. So like for the Raptors, you're going to have like OG and Anobi sitting on the bench because he's the first guy off the bench or whatever, right? Yeah. But the the other guys might be able to go in the back. Hockey's going to have the hardest problem when it comes to the bench problem because all the players need to be on the bench. They need to be side by side, shoulder to shoulder on the bench. Like it's it's not a thing to have players come out of the change room because they they can't. You don't know when your line is going on the ice, right? So that's gonna be that's gonna be a struggle. Yeah, at that point we might see some configuration with the stadiums, right? Like we might see them take off some part of the thing, thing, extend the benches or something, and that might be an option. They're not gonna do that. Not gonna happen. They're not gonna do that. I'm just trying to come up with solutions. Yeah, it, it is. You're right. It is. Back, right? It is an option, but I, I just don't see it happening. Like, it, it doesn't. It's not feasible. Again, I think soccer, when it comes to the bench, has the best scenario because you have the entire sideline. Technically, from where the coaches' um, box ends towards half, all the way down to. Well, technically, all the way down to the corner flag, you can have a bench. Which is ridiculous, but whatever. Um, players warm up in behind the net, right? So you have you have enough space to make it work. It just becomes whether or not they're going to allow that to happen and how many players they're going to allow in the stadium. Right. But that's my two cents. Yeah, honestly, this whole situation is just kind of messed up, and we, who knows when actually things will uh, get back to normal and go as is, or not as is, but as close to as is as you can, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think this whole situation, I think everything's on the table for people, um, and it'll be uh, interesting for sure to see uh, – how weird and wacky some of these sports can actually become with uh, them trying to bend the rules to try and get it back on, on TV and get going, right? So we'll see. Again, I don't think there's an issue with getting on TV because remote cameras are amazing. True. Whenever a sport comes back, if they don't want broadcasters in, we will have a game done by remote cam and it will be fine. I could I could see NBA stadiums uh, implementing one of those sky cams that they have in NFL stadiums. Yeah, I can see it. And actually probably put two of them in so that, or no, maybe not. I was going to say put two in and then have like one follow one team in the attack, one follow the other team, and then just switch back and forth. But um, it's, it's all up in the air, and broadcasting will be very interesting. Moving forward, I think this entire thing is going to change sports broadcast shows as we know it because everyone is now working from home they're realizing they don't need the big stadium big uh sets and everything to uh get people to watch so what they're going to do moving forward is they're probably just going to give people better equipment and do a bunch of shows from home yeah 
Sports Center will obviously remain the way it is, but like shows like uh, First Take and Get Up down in the states, um, I can see those ones becoming more remote. Again, yeah. what do I know? Honestly, nobody knows anything right now, which is the biggest thing. So, for sure, Irfan, you've been quiet. <laughs> No, I'm listening because, I mean, we really, really have no real direction of what's going to happen, but we're all doing it, trying to speculate, trying to keep ourselves active and, um, you know, come up with scenarios we think would work best. And that's just all we're going to have to do is keep on that positive train about how do we get, you know, our favorite sports back so we can watch. And uh, I'm sure the league appreciate, you know, fans um, tuning in or zoning in and like trying to trying to talk about it because that's what's building the fan and the fan uh, the fan base and um, we just gotta keep doing that. I, I know the reports keep coming out mid August that this thing is gonna end. Some people are saying November, some people are saying twenty twenty one. So I think at this point it's just let's keep let's keep positive. Let's keep focused on how do we do this, um, like you said, remotely. Did I saw a scary? Um, I think it was a score update that the Japan 2020 Olympics uh, CEO said even 2021 is in doubt because of this. And I was just like, oh, man, if it is still going on, think about that. That would be, what, July of next year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at um, – I'm going to go a little science here, but if you're going to look at the Spanish science. from 100 years ago, um, that lasted about 15 months, right? And so we're – we're not even halfway to that mark. So yeah. if you're looking at a benchmark, that would be something to look at. But we are better equipped to find vaccines. Um, our medical staff and our medical technology is much, much better. So I hope it's it's less than 15 months. But like that would be the trajectory of how we're looking forward. To but it. 15 but months. Saying that, like, like even saying that, they said, they said there's not going to be a, like a cure. Even if they get one, mm-hmm. won't be ready for 12 months. Yeah. No, no, because it takes about a year for things to get done anyways, but they're expediting it. And at this point, you're going to, if you give someone a vaccine, they're going to be, you're going to have some sort of virus in them. So you're going to see a huge spike in, in symptoms and yeah. people yeah. that are affected, right? So that that's, I think they're they're working really hard. I think the government, like our government's doing a decent job trying to get ahead of it. And um, There's a lot of governments that are doing a good job. They are very, yeah. Not all of them are, but a lot of governments are doing a good job. Hey, I didn't say no, anyone in specific because it's not just one that is not listening. No, there's there's a bunch that there's, are not following and doing random stuff, which is unnecessary. There's different, yeah. There's different governments doing different protocols, and I think uh, Canada is doing a, a very good job trying to stay ahead of it because we have the resources to to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I guess to get back on point, I think we're looking at like a 15. Uh, I would say that would be a good benchmark to say anything close to there or less would be would be acceptable yeah and uh, which is tough to say but but 15 months would put us mm-hmm. march of next year right or march april of next year because january was when it sort of started right is that when we're saying or are we calling it december no, the virus the virus sort of like end of november december okay in, in china so i mean you're right i think March, but if you're looking at us being locked down in, in March, then it's probably June for us. So you know what I mean? Like you're oh, anything between God. next year. 
You're, you're basically looking like a year from today, give or take a month, basically. Cool. Yeah. But that's why we're we're no, we're, thank we're trying you. to be positive. Right? We're, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, there's gonna be ways. I think I think we have the resources, like I said, to yeah to improve on that. No, for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see how sports come back, though. We're we're excited for sports to come back, but we want to make sure that everything's coming back in the right scenario, like not pushing, not yeah. not risking anything. Um, you you had mentioned the players' league, the MLB, by the way. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez played four games, didn't score a single run. Just saying. He played four games yesterday. Yeah, they all played four games. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm on the MLB website, and they have a whole list of uh, whole list of who played who and what the scores were. Joey Gallo went off. So yeah, he went four four. Yeah. Good for him. How did Bo do then? How did uh, the he plays on Sunday? Oh. All right. Every then. day at nine p.m. Eastern time. All right. So he's got so Bo plays Miami, which is uh, Stanek, Ryan Stanek. Uh, then he plays San Diego, Fernando Tatis yep. Jr. Then he plays. Plays Jackson, who's with Atlanta. Okay. It's listed as Toronto. <laughs> yeah, like, what is going on? Um, and then he plays Lucas Giolito with the White Sox. So, good luck to uh, everyone in that, because that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it'll be, uh, be interesting for sure to see how it actually turns out. Yeah. Anything you guys want to say before we sign off? No, just stay safe. <laughs> yeah. Stay home. Stay safe, stay yeah. home, stay sane. Be smart. Yeah, be smart about where you go and how you how you interact with the environment. Like as, as much as I'm losing my mind being at home, um, it's for the better. We all know that. So it's just think of think long term. Don't ruin everybody's summer if you don't have to. Like Don't ruin your own summer either. Well, I don't care about their summer. Just don't ruin mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, Irfan, you any last words? Nah, man. Like Kyle said, stay safe. All right. I'm going to echo their sentiment, and I'm also going to say make sure you stay posted with us. We are following the ECPL tournament. Agnosium with the York 9 team. Uh, our interview with Max Ferrari and... Feroz Ali is on YouTube. Make sure you give that a listen. Both of them coming off a tough loss to Forge FC in round one yesterday. Poor Feroz got yeah, to that. go against uh, Goal was... Machine. That's Yikes. Yeah, he, uh, Goal Machine is one of the top four ranked uh, players in the world at FIFA. And Feroz is not an esports. And Feroz is not an esports professional. He's pretty good. He didn't play bad. And he still lost eight nothing. Like that's how good Goal Machine is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're going to be competing again this Friday. We will have interviews with them probably throughout the week, and uh, we'll be following post match with them on Friday. So make sure you follow us. Make sure you follow our Twitters at Nick McVicker, at Kyle Vardy, and at Irfan Manji. Uh, we have our own no, post. No random numbers in there. Like I know we're pretty good, eh? <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. We're pretty good, eh? Um, 
I am still doing Nick's Quarantine Dynasty, even though it's been a week since my last game. It's been a busy week in school, so I apologize. <laughs> um, season three will take GM, off. GM got fired. Spoiler alert, GM got fired. Spoiler. What? I didn't know this. Hold on. I got to go back. I got I to gotta go through my emails. Yeah, Kyle's the owner of your, your Dynasty team. I you know <laughs> back to back Prime, Stanley Prime, Cup Prime champion Prime. and I get fired? This is crap. Sorry, we, we, we just want to test the waters, see if it's the, the team or the coach that led them to the Stanley Cup. So. <laughs> I feel like that is the worst possible scenario for everyone involved. Oh, absolutely. Especially because my team is going to be losing half the team due to the cap. Cap restrictions. Oh, yeah, let's see how season three goes there. Well, it'll be interesting. I'm going to make some interesting moves, all right? It'll be, we're going to have a different roster, but it'll be good. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to oh, it. Jesus. Um, the Colby Cave guy just died. No. Oh my goodness. Spoilers forward. Oh my the goodness. Former Bruins. Jeez. Yeah, wow. they just announced he just died. Oh man, well, condolences to him and his family. No, absolutely. That's uh. Wow. That's crazy. He's twenty-five. Wow. Yeah. Um. So. That's man. that's tough. Jeez. Yeah, wow. that's uh. I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt there, but no, uh, no, no. I just got that notification. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that guy's. That guy was in the Boston system for about five years. So, mm-hmm. seen him well, man. Yeah. So, uh, thoughts and prayers go to his family. I guess. So that's absolutely, absolutely terrible. Well, wow, jeez. Um, I don't really yeah, know that, where that's, where that's, to go that's from kind of, that. Okay. Yeah, it did. Um, well, with that news, we're we're gonna we're gonna end this episode. Um, condolences to Colby Cave and his family. Um, that is a tough loss during these crazy times. Um, especially because they probably couldn't have been with him due to everything. It's really really hard to hear that. Um, make sure you tune in next week. We will have a new episode and. For everyone here at Garage Door Sports, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next time.